football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Well, we are back, and it's a shame we don't have anything controversial or otherwise to talk about as part of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs, typically. But now we're into almost the summer months, and we still have some sports news going on and some different things. So I'm ready to mix it up, and so too is my co-host, senior handicapper and writer, VegasInsider.com. Here he is, Kevin Rogers is back with me as part of Three Dog Thursday. Uh, you recovered from Cinco de Mayo. You recovered from the Kentucky Derby debacle. And now we we march on uh, through the month of May. How you feeling? Everything good? Yeah, just uh, trying to you know navigate through these playoffs. Baseball season is rolling on. And, uh, you know, as a lot of people want to say, they want to get to football season. My way of looking at it is there's plenty of other things going on, so I, I can wait on football. Like I'm not counting the days till football. That's true. We do have some time before that happens. Now, I have to confess with you that when we set out to do these uh, shows, horse racing is not at the top of my list. I, I know some about it. I follow it. I keep up with it. You do the same. Most sports fans do here and there. We, we primarily will watch around the Kentucky Derby and is there a shot at the Triple Crown. But, Kevin, this is a few days after what happened in Louisville, Kentucky, and the story will not go away about the disqualification of the apparent winning horse. Uh, maximum security was the, was the winning horse. And the horse ends up getting essentially disqualified, not completely DQ'd, but moved all the way down to the bottom of the field, uh, basically, by the race stewards. So now uh, Country House is the 2019 Kentucky Derby winner. A 64-1 to shot ends up being the winner of the race. All right, first chance that I've had to get your reaction here as part of Three Dog Thursday. What is your reaction to the mayhem that happened Saturday evening in Louisville when all of this went down and maximum security is no longer the winner? I'll, I'll admit first that I'm not a huge horse racing person, so I'll put that out there. So whatever I say, just disclaimer for people that really follow it, that I'm not as in tune with it, so just bear with me on that. I find it interesting that we've had this year, it's like the year of the controversy, like we had in the NFC Championship with the Rams yep. and the Saints, and you know, a lot of people thought that the, the Saints should have been in the Super Bowl and not the Rams. Now, here in this situation where you have maximum security wins and then they go to a replay, which you don't normally see. I feel like you only see it if it's like a photo finish, but you never see it to see if there's obstruction. And, you know, I don't really know the obstruction rule in horse racing, but it pretty much seems like you get in the way of another horse that's obstructing. And, well, it's a couple things. Number one, you know, they don't review this for like five minutes and it's done. This is like a long review and they're looking over and over and over it. And part of me thinks this, and I don't like going here, but I guess I will, that maximum security was obviously a bigger favorite than country house. I mean, country house 64 to one is one of the biggest underdogs, you know, in the field. And I, you know, I just kind of wonder, you know, if, if there was enough evidence or not, because 
this is really a big deal when you're changing, not saying that, okay, we got to check a replay and see two horses are neck and neck. Who is there? It's kind of close. We're not sure. But to just totally disqualify maximum security and then have country house win it, I, I mean, it's just a crazy turn of events that, you know, if you if you had the ticket to win with maximum security and you think, okay, I, great, I won, and then you lost, you're, you're upset. And the, the flip side, if you have country house, you're like, oh, well, it's too bad. And then also you're like, well, I won, I won. And then, you know, you win this big thing, hopefully you rip up your ticket, you know, before it happened. It's just the whole thing was kind of, was kind of zany, you know. I mean, it's just something we've ever, obviously never seen before. Right, you've never had a disqualification in the in the Kentucky Derby involving the winner ever in over a hundred years of running the race. Uh, about the closest thing that got reviewed, and I did a little uh, research on this when I read something about it. The '97 Derby, where Silver Charm, which was another long shot, uh, won that race. Uh, there was controversy because Silver Charm, uh, when the crowd roared coming down the the final stretch there, the horses sometimes get jilted by that, get spooked by that roar because they hear it for the first time when they make that turn. And Silver Charm kind of kind of recoiled at, at all of the noise, spit his bit out, and when he did, it distracted the horse next to him and almost bumped the, ne- the horse next to him. They reviewed that. They kept the the result the result and silver charm won by a head won by just about two feet uh, in that Kentucky Derby there was no DQ is my point uh, one of the things I want to ask you about here instant replay played a huge role because NBC obviously had four or five angles of this for those race stewards to look at as you mentioned for fifteen or twenty minutes they looked at this over and over and over again with high definition blow it up to me. The horse obviously got in the way of two other horses. I mean, there was not full contact and a bunch of collisions and horses and jockeys going everywhere, but the horse did impede. The jockey moving over impeded two other horses. So I'm fine with what they ruled, but I guess my question to you is, 2019 helped make this controversy more popular with all, and possible with all of the high-def replays that everybody's been debating about whether it was or wasn't interference, kind of like the Saints play, kind of like uh, the, the, the one you didn't reference was the foul at the end of the Virginia-Auburn uh, Final Four game. Was it a foul or not? Was it a double dribble or not? We got these HD replays, Kevin, that are all part of it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but also, obviously, when you look at the three scenarios, how we had different things that happened, right. and all obviously, take out of the, the fact they're all different sports, but where the thing with the Rams Saints, the, the big hubbub was that was a foul, and you can't look back at it. Right. And By that's rule. where right, everyone's right, all right. upset about. So, and then you look at the basketball game, which I still think it was a foul. Obviously, it was still a double dribble, you know, before that, but. You know, can you go back and say it's not a foul? It is where this one, they had it finished, and they're they're going back. Where in a sense, it's almost like you know, it's almost like with football, there was pass interference. Nobody said anything. Now let's look at the replay. Now they're called pass interference. Like that's kind of what happened. Or or next level, we're going to call the Saints the winner. Never mind what happened after that. We're going to call the Saints the winner because that's what uh, the equivalent of what the stewards did at Churchill Downs. They're saying we're going to call another horse the winner based on this replay. The technology in 2019. I, I, there, my point too is, what do you think of this? 
live. I don't think there were a lot of people complaining live. I guess one of the jockeys of one of the horses immediately after the race said I was interfered with. But I don't know that race fans by the hundreds of thousands or millions thought that it was interference until we saw the HD replays. Right, Kevin? I don't have a problem getting it right. I don't like don't take 40 minutes, but I don't have a problem getting it right. And I guess going back to the other examples, that the Saints still had a chance to win that game in spite of getting screwed. Uh, Auburn, hypothetically, still had a chance to win the game if Virginia misses all the free throws. Right. So, hypothetically. Those teams still had a chance. Obviously, Saints had a better chance than Auburn because Auburn had one second left and they weren't going to win the game. But with this, it's kind of like, okay, it's over, and now we're just going to change it. So, like like you mentioned, that, like, you know, you make a call in a football game, okay, we're changing it, and the other team wins. And it's like, what? Like, that would never fly in those kind of sports. No doubt. No doubt. I promise we're going to move off the horse racing. It is Three Dog Thursday. We'll talk a little NBA playoffs in just a moment here with Kevin Rogers. Your opinion, sir, because now we've learned that Country House is apparently coughing and ill. It's as bizarre an outcome of the Kentucky Derby as you can imagine because now that horse is not going to race in the Preakness, according to the trainer and the owner. And and maximum security is still debating the horse uh, owner and trainer about whether that horse will race in the Preakness. Kevin, has the air come completely out of the balloon here on the rest of the Triple Crown because of this bizarre controversy? It seems obvious, hasn't it? Yes, I mean I'm not a veterinarian, but just give uh, give Country House some Nyquil, let him sleep it off, and uh, <laughs> he'll be okay for the next race. No, in all seriousness, I think that with these three races what the horse racing community or uppers or whatever you want to call them, they want to get to that last race with someone to win the triple crown. They want that every year to keep interest. And when you lose that first horse after, you know, this first, uh, the first race, then you know that, Nobody's going to really care that are not horse racing That's right. fans That's right. for the final two races. It's just not going to happen. And for maximum security, look, are you going to be a baby about it and say we're not going to come back? Or are you going to try to win and just maybe show people, okay, this was the best horse. We got screwed on it. But, like, don't be a baby about it and say we're not going to do this because of what just happened. Well, we'll find out in a couple of weeks on the Preakness. All right, so that's I believe that's the first time we've ever talked horse racing on Three Dog Thursday in the four years that we've done the show. Let's move on to something that most of the fans that are listening to us care a lot about. We are fresh off the Wednesday night NBA results in the playoffs, and we now know a couple of things. One, in the early part of the evening Eastern time, the Milwaukee Bucks eliminated the Boston Celtics four games to one. Uh, Kevin, quick comment from you. I mean, Boston, like Rover, roll over, like Fido, like a dog. I mean, just, they 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 put up no resistance. Once they got behind last night, they got pummeled. Uh, it, it is shocking to me, as talented as they are, that they fell apart. What do you make of that? Did we give Milwaukee most of the credit? Did Boston truly roll over? What, what happened with four convincing wins by Milwaukee and an easy series win to put them in the Eastern Conference Finals? Well, it's a couple things. Number one, I, I mean, then you look at game one and you say, what happened to the Bucks? How did the Celtics just destroy them in game one? Thinking, oh, wow, maybe Boston is the team that we thought last year without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward that they were going to you know, now take that step with LeBron out of the East, that this was going to be their year, and they beat Milwaukee last year. 
But the last, I mean, game two, they got blown out, and then they lose the two in Boston, and then all the comments with Kyrie after game four where, you know, he had been shooting terribly over, you know, this three-game stretch. And there's a lot to take from this. Number one, Milwaukee is obviously the best team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you know, with everything going on with Golden State, Milwaukee could be the best team in the NBA. And I know that sounds like a crazy thing right now. Golden State has got four superstars, okay? I don't know if they're the best team. They just have four superstars on their team. Where Milwaukee's a little more balanced. They have one superstar in Giannis and then past that, a lot of really good players. So that's the one point with Milwaukee that probably this team is in the NBA Finals, assuming they, you know, beat Toronto or Philly. You know, we think they're going to go. Now, as far as the Celtics go, this is so intriguing that last year they get to Game 7 of the East, of the Eastern Conference Finals against Cleveland, hosting Cleveland without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward. Hayward doesn't play the whole year, basically, after he breaks his leg in Game 1 and Kyrie's out the final two months. If all these young guys, and they're able to beat the Bucs, they're able to beat Philadelphia, and almost beat Cleveland at the end, and they lose, okay, fine. Oh, that's okay. They have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward coming, coming back this year. They're definitely going to go to the NBA Finals, and then it just doesn't work. That you're telling me you get a superstar like Kyrie Irving who wants his own team, want to get out of Cleveland, and is a total dud in the playoffs for Boston? It's amazing, and you know, Brad Stevens, who was great at Butler, and last year, I guess, his team overachieved. But then this year, they totally fell apart when in their biggest spot. So is Brad Stevens not that smart? You know, what is it? Or is it just Kyrie? Is Kyrie checked out? Is he going to New York next year with Durant? So there's just a lot going on. But for the Celtics, I just find this so interesting that they get two of their best players back and they take a step back this year. Right, and, and I go back, look, I mean, I'm old school to an extent here to go back to the to the 80s, to the Bird, McHale, Parrish, Dennis Johnson, Danny Ainge, and, and by the way, I mean, bizarre that in and around this, Danny Ainge in this series had a heart attack back a, a week ago now and is recovering from the heart attack. Scary stuff for him in his early 60s uh, to have that going on. Uh, but the the Celtics in the day, the, even go back, man, when the when the Celtics were beaten by somebody somehow, some some way in the Red Hour back, Bill Russell, John Havlicek, Bob Cousy, uh, all those great teams. When somebody beat them, they they beat them in a knockdown dragout series. It was not like this. It was not like just roll over and and die, which is exactly what they did on on Wednesday night in Milwaukee. So and and I wonder if this doesn't affect Kyrie. Irving for down the road for free agency if he is leaving on on who really wants him and what kind of a leader he is uh, or not especially when the going gets tough because these are the kind of things that stick with you especially if you're a winning organization and you're looking at that do you want to bring that into your locker room do you want to bring selfishness hero ball whatever you want to call it into your locker room but I will say this I understand what you're saying but as far as you know, the teams that could want him, the Knicks are so desperate they would take him because the Knicks need anything. And even the Nets are kind of in the mix a little bit because they made a nice step forward this year, and you know they could use a superstar to kind of get them, you know, over the hump. But uh, obviously, there's the rumors of, of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving joining forces with the Knicks, and then if they win the lottery and get Zion, then all of a sudden now you go from a complete joke to being a team that could possibly win the East just like that that it, things would change that quickly. But, yeah, I think Kyrie is totally done in Boston. I think that it didn't work out. They were fine without him, and he's probably 
fine without them. So I think that he's done. I don't know where he's going next year. I think it's one of the two New York teams. But he's. I think he's definitely played his last game as a Celtic. All right, so that segues to Wednesday night's uh, thrilling win by Golden State. They hang on and win another close one with Houston. All five of the games have come down to the final minute or so. And Golden State wins game five to take a three games to two edge. But it comes at a large figurative cost with Kevin Durant being injured in the third quarter of the game. Again, if you're listening to us on Three Dog Thursday as the as the weekend unfolds, you may have the clearer diagnosis. When Kevin and I are taping this, right now the, the Warriors said calf strain or calf injury. There was great speculation, uh, Kevin, on the internet that it might have been an Achilles injury. I will say this, diagnosis by TV and having watched Achilles injuries not only on TV but on the sidelines working for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when you see somebody get hurt with their Achilles and you know enough about this, you can't walk like Kevin Durant did. You go down immediately. Uh, a perfect example was Boogie Cousins, his teammate this year, last year in New Orleans, when he hurt his Achilles with a tear. You go down immediately grabbing your heel. You can't get up and walk. He immediately grabbed the back of his calf like it was a calf strain or a calf tear, and then he limped, and he limped to the locker room. Again, we don't know. Game six, we do know, is Friday night in Houston. Houston favored in that. There will likely be a game seven. It is unlikely, this is me saying this, that you're going to see Kevin Durant in those games, especially if it is a calf strain. He's not going to be able to play, push off, run. This, This might be for the rest of the playoffs if Golden State is alive. Question to you then, Kevin. If Durant is not there... How much does it open it up for a Houston upset where they would have to win six at home and then seven in Oakland at Golden State? How much does it open it up for Houston? And how much does this open up the rest of the NBA playoffs? No Kevin Durant if he's out for a while. I guess number one, I will say that I'm not ready yet to say that that Golden State's going to lose this series without Durant because you still have Steph Curry. You still have Clay Thompson, guys that can explode. You still have Draymond Green. Obviously, no DeMarcus Cousins doesn't help. But you still have those guys that have won championships before without Kevin Durant. So I'm not ready to totally back Golden State. It's the same thing if they were to get out of this round and if Durant was not healthy to play likely Denver from what it seems like, I still would take Golden State. Now, if they were to play Milwaukee without Durant, Then I'm saying I don't think the Warriors beat them. But as far as to win one of the next two against Houston with the last one at home where the Rockets haven't won in this series, and then possibly Denver, who Golden State handled this year, yeah, not having Kevin Durant's going to hurt you, obviously, but still having Steph Curry and Klay Thompson isn't terrible. So I'm going to say that Golden State could still probably get through the West, even if Durant is out. But to play Milwaukee, potentially in the NBA Finals, I'd be shocked that it'd be Milwaukee without Durant. And the irony, the coincidence, however you want to put it, that a year ago, Houston had Golden State on the ropes, and Chris Paul, remember, got hurt late in the series, and they had to play on without him, and Golden State found a way to win that, and then went on to win the NBA Finals. Now... Does this open the door for Harden, for Paul, and the Rockets to finally KO 
Golden State and keep them out of the NBA Finals for what would be the first time in five years that they would not be there if they are knocked out. We'll find out what happens this week. Uh, Kevin, just a quick comment from you. Is it a good thing here to maybe have someone other than Golden State, whether it is one of the, the teams, uh, Houston that beats them, or it's Denver and, and Portland that still have to resolve? At the time we're taping, Denver leads that Series 3-2. Potential Game 7 would be in Denver if it's played. Um, is is it a good thing to have somebody other than the Warriors, or does the NBA, for the interest level, the ratings, all of it, need still to have Golden State? Because over in the East, we know it's Milwaukee, Toronto, or Philadelphia. What's your opinion, real quick? I'm going to say they still need the Warriors because I think there's no national interest in Denver at all. And for the Rockets, you do have Harden, you do have Paul, but Golden State still, with what they have, I think – Somebody wants to see Golden State healthy get knocked out. That because there's always going to be the if Durant is out for the next two yeah. games, and the Rockets beat them. Oh well, they beat them without Durant. So you know, Demarcus Cousins was out. So really, you know, of course they beat them. But if Milwaukee with a star like Giannis, who I think a lot, even though Milwaukee is not a national team, I think because Giannis is such a star that you know people would be interested in seeing them that if they were to beat Golden State in the finals, that there would be, I think, a really big interest. And I just I just think the other – like, Philadelphia, I don't think, beats Toronto, and Toronto's not beating Milwaukee, and nobody wants to see Toronto in the finals. So, I just <laughs> – I mean, the East, obviously, without LeBron is not, you know, super attractive, but at the same time, he left, and there's nothing more he could do about it. But uh, if you get Milwaukee, Golden State in the finals, obviously the two – uh, you know, top seeds. I think that uh, the NBA will be just fine with them. Well, and uh, in Milwaukee's case, they have not had a championship for the Bucks since Richard Nixon. Richard Milhouse Nixon was the president in 1971 when he was still known as Lou Alcindor. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar led them to that one. They've had some playoff teams. But they haven't had a championship team. We'll see about Milwaukee. I still, I will say this: Do not count Golden State out here, as you mentioned uh, there a couple moments ago. They've won championships without Kevin Durant. Uh, Draymond Green's got to step up. Iguodala's got to step up. Clay Thompson played great in Game Five. Steph Curry is still amazing as the ball handler, as as kind of uh, the floor leader for that team. They do have Game Seven at home. They do have all the championship experience. But this this will be wild if it's no Golden State. By the way, Kevin, you love the stats. If it's no Golden State, and we already knew no LeBron James with the Lakers not being in the playoffs, it would be the first time no gold, Golden State, no LeBron James team, either Cavaliers or Heat previously, since 2010 when the Lakers played the Celtics. That's the last time to have neither of those if it happens as it plays out. And we'll have subsequent opportunity to talk about what the matchups are uh, this weekend. Again, Kevin, plug away. Great information for all of the all of the fans and all of the short-time investment folks with Daily Fantasy and the other wagering. Great opportunity to get all the information at, uh, at your employer at VegasInsider.com, right? Yeah, absolutely. Baseball still rolling on. NBA playoffs now almost transitioning to the conference finals. Stanley Cup, we've reached the conference finals as well with Boston, Carolina, and San Jose, St. Louis as the final four teams left, which everyone predicted. So uh, those are the four left there, and you still have the two horse races to go, the Preakness and the Belmont. And uh, by 
by the way, I know you were keeping an eye on this, CJ. We're two weeks away from the WNBA season starting as well. So uh, more basketball uh, coming up that you can wager on. And, uh, yeah, so we have a lot uh, going on right now at VegasInsider.com. Check us out at TwitVI on Twitter. Yep, and follow him at VI Rogers as well. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. By the way, Final Four in hockey. Upstart Carolina playing Boston, and then we now know San Jose and St. Louis. So it's going to be you know not the traditional you know uh, Detroit and Pittsburgh. The defending champion Washington is out. No Chicago Blackhawks. No Montreal Canadiens. Let's see what this. We know it's either St. Louis or San Jose in the Stanley Cup Finals, and San Jose was there uh, a couple of years ago and was and was beaten in the Stanley Cup Finals. So uh, let's see what happens in the hockey as well. Again, keep up with all of it at VegasInsider.com. A reminder: subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. Uh, whether you found us through uh, Red Circle Podcasting, subscribe on iTunes. We thank Vegas Insider for helping us promote as well. Kevin Rogers, enjoy the weekend. We'll see what happens with the basketball whether the Warriors are still alive uh, what happens with the hockey as it as it begins to narrow down we roll on here in the month of May thank you for hanging out with me here on this edition of Three Dog Thursday alright TJ you got it thank you there is Kevin Rogers I'm TJ Reeves again thank you for being with us and subscribe away via iTunes here on Three Dog Thursday bye